All right. What are you drinking? Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, okay. Why? My tummy's kind of upset, Uh-oh. so I, I just ate some Tums. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, what are you drinking? Are you drinking like a ginger ale? Because I could really go for a ginger, ginger ale, ale right would now. be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, well. It's amazing how, and I, and I will go into this later, especially when I, when I talk about one of the things that I'm going to talk about kind of in depth. Ooh, okay. But nostalgia, and it's funny how the things that we learn when we, we're kids, we carry through with us to adults, and one of them is drinking ginger ale when your stomach is upset. Yes, yes it is. You know, that and eating crackers. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, I'll get to the nostalgia part later. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever there was a there was there was a tinge of being an asshole in there. Sorry. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I was about to say, to catch up on all of our back episodes, go to thewatchlistpod.com. But I don't know if anybody does. So, if you do, thank you. And and I mean that seriously, because you will find what to watch if you go through Patty's notes and, and all of that. It is very nicely listed out. So if you want to know something, go to our past episodes It'll probably be there. But hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to our podcasts. Make sure you engage with us on social media at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol The Watchlist Pod. And if you just happen to listen to us on Apple, pretty please with sugar on top, give us a five star review. Indeed. I am fresh from the movies. Woohoo! Fresh, fresh, fresh. As in, walked in the door, fed the dogs, made sure our little Yobi was okay. Everybody is fine, but I just got done seeing the new Indiana Jones movie. I'm a little jealous. I wanted to do it too, but Dwight wants to see it, and he would be sleeping through it. So we're going to wait until Sunday when he's off, and we can go. And I will even talk about sleepy time in that movie. Oh. Oh. So stay tuned for that. But I've got two other things I want to talk about first. Oh, I told you how many I had, and I've forgotten three. Well, you said five, but you could do Yes, I do have five. Okay. Yeah, two of them will go fast. All right, then go fast. I will do the two that will go fast. So on Hulu, I caught TMZ Reports Miracle Children of the Amazon. It's a one-hour documentary about the four kids who, um, with their mom, their plane crashed in the Amazon jungle, and then they were lost and alone in the Amazon jungle for 40 days mm. before they were found. They survived. Okay. It's very it's very TMZ sensationally. And the kids were lost in the Amazon jungle. And it, yeah, it's an hour if you want to know what happened to these kids, how they got lost and all that. Mm. Watch it, but it was more background noise for me. I was Yeah, as they're reporting on it wasn't it just, that's not my style. Okay. I'm just going to put it out there that way. It's TMZ. It's TMZ. So you know what you're going to get. Yeah. But if you want to know more about those kids, that's one place. Right. Otherwise, Google kids lost on Amazon. Okay. What's the other? <laughs> that's probably a better way to go. What's the other? The quickie? other one was 
also on Hulu, and it's a 93-minute documentary called Bad Reputation. It's all about the career of Joan Jett. Nice. And it's damned awesome. Nice. And damn, she's an amazing rocker. Very cool. And person on her. Just definitely. It's from 2018. I didn't know it existed. Watch it. If you want to know, if you know nothing about Joan Jett, watch it. If you know things about Joan Jett, watch it because you're going to love it. If you need more Joan Jett in your life, which everybody does, Bad Reputation on Hulu, watch it. I didn't want to see the biopic about Joan Jett years ago because Kristen Stewart was the star of it. Oh, that was about, it wasn't about her. No, it was it the was early about days. The Runaways. Right, the Runaways. It's about the band, the Runaways, that Joan Jett found, started. Right. Um, I watched it. Uh. It's fine. In this documentary, there is a very short interview with her, Kristen Stewart, because she was in the movie. Right. All right. About the Runaways. But it's so short. They talk to more other people as well as Joan Jett right. uh, through the whole thing. Like a bunch of different punk rockers from the day. Iggy Pop is in it talking about her and all that. So here's. It's really awesome. So, and it's funny you mentioned that about needing okay. more Joan Jett in your life. I will get yeah. to that in my Ooh. review also later. I've, 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 more I, nostalgia. I've got an overarching thing that I need to tell later. Oh, and it's going to take okay. a few minutes, but I want people to go on this journey with me. Ooh, so remind me of that. All right. Okay. All right. So the first thing that I have, I watched half of. And I watched the back half of it. Like, I watched the middle through the end of it. And it's a movie called Nobody's Fool. <laughs> it, okay. it, it's a romantic comedy from 2018. And it stars Tika Sumter, Tiffany Haddish, Whoopi Goldberg, and Omari Hardwick. And it's, and it's just your typical... It's, it's a typical rom-com. And... This woman is catfished, and she thinks she's fallen in love with this guy. And there's another real guy who really likes her. And when she realizes she was catfished, she just hooks up with this other guy. He catches feelings. Blah, blah, blah. And the wackiness ensues from there, right? But the reason I watched it was because of Tiffany Haddish. Okay. I find her infinitely entertaining. She's really awesome. She's really awesome and funny as shit, and and I just dig her so much. But I ended up watching what what amounted to a, a fairly mediocre run of the mill rom com because of Tiffany Haddish. So if you need a rom com in your life and you're just looking for something, I forgot where I caught the. Oh, I caught it on FX, I think. But I'm okay. sure something from 2018 you can find streaming somewhere if it's on fx my guess is it's probably on hulu as well you know what yes now that i'm looking at it oh wait hang on a second uh you can nope. watch it on paramount plus if you have a subscription oh. to that and it says hulu with a premium subscription okay but that's you know what that's a throwaway review like i said yeah. if you're looking for a romantic comedy and you're looking to kill two hours you could do worse, I think. Okay. All right. It's better than a fucking Hallmark movie. All right. 
Okay. The next thing I have uh, is a horror movie that's on Max right now, a.k.a. HBO Max. Evil Dead Rise. Oh, you watched that. Cool. Dwight wanted to watch it. It's 97 minutes. It's not so much horror as just flat-out gore. Oh. But you'll like it if you like shouting at your TV, that's a terrible idea. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Stop it. Oh, this this is bad. This is so bad. Oh, that's hilarious. If you like doing that, that's what this movie's all about. Um. To kind of just sum up real quick the whole storyline of this one, uh, guitar technician Beth visits her sister Ellie, who is a tattoo artist and single mother to three children. Well, three, two are teenagers, one's a little kid. Ellie resents Beth a little bit and calls Beth a groupie, and gr- Beth keeps saying, I'm a guitar tech. There's their dynamic. They live in an apartment complex in L.A. There's an earthquake that opens a hole under in the underground garage, as they do. As they do. Of course, the teenage boy crawls into the hole because it looks like an old bank vault. There's a sarcophagus there surrounded by crucifixes. So what does he do? He reaches his hands in the hole in the sarcophagus, pulls out this thing wrapped in fabric, which is a book because it's Evil Dead, and he finds some old records. Wait a minute. Did, wait, did you say the Necrocomicon? No, I said an old book, because at this point, we don't know what it is yet. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, oh, excuse me. We don't me. know what it is yet. Excuse me. He takes the records and this book back up to his apart, his room in his apart, the apartment upstairs, and now we know, once he opens it what it is and that's when everything is why are you doing that this is a terrible idea don't you see all the crosses hanging from the ceiling this is a bad idea yeah yeah so okay so despite the gore would you recommend watching it if that's the kind of thing you like if you like if you know what you're getting into if you're watching evil dead well of course so evil dead rise you know what you're getting into and it's more modernized than the original evil deads so it's got it's not it's not as comic as the ones with Bruce Campbell. Although I do have to say Laura made me shout out as always to my baby Laura. Um, hey Laura. She made me watch the first Evil Dead. Cuz she oh, the first one's great. You know, the first one's great. Scared yeah. the fuck out of me because it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> it is creepy as fuck. It's creepy as fuck. But then you got Bruce Campbell doing some goofy shit too. Yes. But yeah. In that the second one, Army of Darkness, is more goofy, way more goofy. Well, Army of Darkness, excuse me, I must correct you. That is the third one. Oh, whatever. Evil Dead sorry. Two is all right. Oh, sorry. Basically, the remake. sorry about that. That's all right. Yeah. Um, but I found it just creepy, and I like creepy. Mm-hmm. The things that scare me are atmospheric. They are. They're the noises that you hear, but the villain you don't see. The right. voices yeah. that are laughing, but you're looking at nothing. If you're just that sh- is not this one. Okay, all right. But, which this means I would probably watch it just because it looks. It's it's campy. Well, yeah. it's not even campy. It takes itself seriously as a gory horror in quotes movie. Got it. Okay. Because there isn't much horror of that. To me, horror is that atmospheric creepiness not the flat out 
I'm a demon, bleh, and cutting you open and blood everywhere. That is not scary, you know? This is your funniest <laughs> review ever. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my but God. Yeah, that is Evil Dead Rise. If that, if you like that kind of gory horror movie versus the creepy, really good horror movie, yeah, then you'll like Evil Dead Rise. It's 97 minutes. All if right. you got an hour-ish to kill, kill. watch right. it. It's on HBO Max, which I will never call Max. <laughs> Well, it's just so stupid <laughs> to call it Max, but it is whatever. Whatever, that, which is why I'm calling it HBO Max. So the next thing that I have is Marvel's Secret Invasion. It is the newest Marvel TV show on Disney Plus. New episodes drop every Wednesday. I didn't see this week's episode, but this week's episode is only number two. But I did catch the first one. And I got to tell you, I really enjoy it. I like when they when they set a different tone in each series. Like, w one of the reasons that I liked She-Hulk so much is because it was light and campy and airy and oh, fun. Oh, it was fun. And it, yeah. and, it, and it was just awesome that way. Whereas this one is very, very cloak and dagger spy uh -huh. stuff. And it just so happens to be in the Marvel Universe with shape-shifting species called the the Skrulls. And Nick Fury is back trying to stop a faction of the Skrulls from taking over Earth. So at the end of Captain Marvel, the movie, they were trying to find this species a new home. And some of the Skrulls were like, hey, no, that's fucked up. We like Earth. We're going to stay the fuck here and just kill everybody here. So this whole series is built around stopping that. Okay. And I, I got to tell you, it is the first episode to me was very much like uh, just like a, you know, just pick a very good like Jack Reacher, um, John, you know, Jack Ryan kind of spy thriller kind of thing. Okay. I dug that very much. So if you really if you're kind of burnt out on Marvel shit, give yeah. this a shot. And there aren't very many of those Marvel series that I would say give a shot to. I would say give WandaVision a shot. I would say give She-Hulk a shot, and I would say give Secret Invasion a shot. Oh, and Loki. But you know, right now you kind of got to pick and choose what you're watching and because when I went to the movies tonight, I saw another preview for the Marvels coming out where they combine Captain Marvel, the TV show from Disney Plus, you know, and two shows from Disney Plus, blah, blah, blah. I didn't care. But I don't care. But anyway, that's my review it of. It sounds like you make me want to care about this invasion, but I, I don't want to care. Why should I watch Secret Invasion versus any other good thriller spy type series right now the answer to that question is i'm not telling you to watch it over another spy series okay i am saying that it is in the same vein as good spy series at least through the first episode so if you really just want to stay grounded on earth you really don't give a fuck about the marvel universe watch slow horses Watch, like I said, okay. Jack Ryan, or um, what's the one that I just reviewed? Not too, Reacher? No, not just Jack Reacher, but like Night, Night Caller, Night. Oh, 
something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one that's where the guy answers the phone at night and he gets into a whole spy shit. That's amazing. Watch stuff like that. Okay. But if you like that genre and you like the Marvel Universe, check out Secret Invasion. Okay. 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 So the next one I have is on Hulu, and it's a show that I've kind of been... I don't know why. It's one of those... It's really popular, but I don't want to watch it because it's really popular kind of a shows. Mm. So I've been skipping it, and then I finally was like, yeah, why am I skipping it? Let's just let's just give it one episode. Well, after watching the entire first season, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you this is actually... There's a reason why everybody's talking about it. It's called The Bear. Oh, I wanted to watch that. Yeah, it's got two seasons on Hulu. There's 18 episodes total. They're each an hour apart, uh, an hour long. It stars Jeremy Allen White from Shameless. He was Lip, the smart one, on Shameless. It's also got Oliver Platt in it. Um, it's a dramedy, a little more drama, but there are very there are comic moments in it about Carmen Carmi Berzado. He's a young, award-winning chef. He's worked at some really high-class restaurants in New York City. He comes back home to Chicago after his brother's suicide, and he's going to take over the family restaurant. His brother left the restaurant to him. This restaurant, though, is a rundown Italian beef place. Okay. It's not like a, a, a restaurant. Right. It's like a sandwich shop you go in to the counter you order your beef there's a room off to the side to sit down and eat if you want to sit down and eat right or you take it in a bag and go you just instantly gave me a taste for an italian beef sandwich (laughs) oh my god they they say in the show that this place is on orleans i keep looking around to see where it's at because it's definitely filmed in chicago uh just like shameless was yeah his brother's best friend, Richie, is the manager of this restaurant, and he is resistant to everything that Carmi's trying to do to get the place to run better, to make better food so they could turn a profit, because this place is, there's they don't have enough money to pay their vendors, so when the meat order comes in, it is not at all what they ordered, and now he's got to figure out what do we do with this that we have, because the delivery guy is always like, I'm just the delivery man. You got to take it up with the boss. And then they try to call somebody to get other supplies. Yeah, we don't have any money. Blah, blah, blah. So they're swimming in debt. Carmi, he struggles with anxiety, guilt, panic attacks, nightmares, all that shit that's going on. His sister, Natalie, a.k.a. Sugar, everybody's got some kind of nickname. Uh, She's pushing him to just sell the restaurant and get back to his life because she's really worried about him Mm. and all the issues. Um, So that is, in a nutshell, what this is. If you've ever worked at a restaurant, this is a very real depiction of what happens in the back of the house at a restaurant and all of that. It's funny. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. It's... This is a really damn good show. Okay. And not just because it takes place in Chicago. Right. But because it is a damn good show. And not because oh, my dear Lynn Bramer has his voice at the beginning of one of the episodes. Does he really? Yeah. Uh, hey, it's your best friend in the whole world. It's great to be alive. I was like, oh, oh, stab me in the heart. I miss you, Lynn. R.I.P. Lynn Bramer. R.I.P. Well, I did want to check that out. 
I really did. Okay. And I saw that it was on Hulu, and I'm like, yeah, I should check that out now. So what's the last thing you have before I dive into The last thing, thing I have is a brand new show on Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, okay. It stars, it's the new Idris Elba series. Ah, yeah. Boy, you it's watched called... everything that I wanted to watch this week. Okay. <laughs> it's called Hijack. There are only two episodes available right now. Mm. Um, they're an hour long apiece. And of co- as I said, it stars Idris Elba, Eve Miles, who was Gwen Cooper on Torchwood, and Ben Miles, who played Patrick on the series Coupling from the BBC. But he's also in Andor. He was Tay Colma in Andor, if you know who that was. I don't remember the character. I remember okay. Andor, but I don't remember the character. Okay. But Eve Miles well, is in this? Yeah, Eve Miles, Gwen Cooper from no Torchwood. No shit. No shit. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I always thought she was so, hot. Anyway. Essentially, this is an airplane flying from Dubai to London, and huh, it gets hijacked. Who no. would have thought from a show called Hijack? No way. <laughs> Idris Elba plays Sam Nelson. We don't know much about him in these first two episodes, but we do see he... All he had with him when he got on the plane was a gift bag with a piece of jewelry for his wife. Mm-hmm. And the wife texts him saying, don't bother coming home. And he's like, too late. I'm on the plane. And from there, it's a seven hour flight from Dubai to London. And much like 24 is one hour of this 24 hours. This is the first two episodes are the first two hours of the flight from Dubai to London. So they're kind of doing it real time each episode what happens on the plane in that first hour, second hour, etc. I don't want to tell you nothing other than what you now know because I didn't know nothing and it's important to know nothing other than this is damn good. It is damn good Mm. so far what I've seen in these two hours of what happens. It is very, it is really, it's exciting. It's thrilling. It's definitely a thriller. It's, like kind of a mystery because it's like what who are these people what are they doing what are they trying to do who is this person over here why are we seeing these people here yeah cool yeah Ooh. Cool. Ooh. so that's hijack it's on apple tv plus two out two episodes one hour piece there's probably going to be another five six episodes because it's a seven hour flight so basically you're getting an hour episode for every hour of the flight Yes, that so is what the, okay. the plan is here. That's yeah. pretty cool. All right. So, yeah. So, this weekend, as we record this show, mm-hmm. there's a little movie that opened up called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Dial of Destiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get your Dial of Destiny. Okay. Enough of that. Uh, and it opened... And we usually go to Cheap Movie Tuesdays with with shout-outs to Dante and April, our friends. But I, I didn't want to wait because I didn't want there to be spoilers. Right. You know, because anything Lucasfilm, people are going to be looking at for spoilers and all that other sort of shit, right? So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. Opening night. And I was thinking in my mind, please don't let this suck. Please don't let this suck. Hmm. Please don't let this be like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I don't think I've and seen it. And it wasn't. One. You don't need to. 
That's probably why it happened. Yeah. I, I mean, here's my thing about this movie. And this goes back to what you were talking about, about nostalgia. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start with a story that's completely unrelated, but I will wind this back. Okay. When I was having physical therapy for my knee, mm-hmm. okay, they, they, they play on Alexa, you know, just music, just to have something in the background. And it was dead quiet in there. So I just happened to be sitting next to the damn thing. So I told it to play a song from the soundtrack of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And then, of course, that was my time to leave. I waited till that song was over. I got up, and it was my time to leave. And then the algorithm just kept playing songs from the 70s, and they're like, oh, no, we can't listen to this. And then the young people in there are like, play 90s hip-hop. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, okay, you little fuckers are going to understand one day when somebody calls your 90s hip-hop old music yeah. what you just said to me, right? <laughs> And it kind of goes along with the same thing of your parents telling you drink a ginger ale when you're when you're feeling bad. Indiana Jones has a nostalgia to it because and and here's where it kicked me in the ass this week. The original Raiders of the Lost Ark is 42 years old this year. Damn. Came out in 81. This is this is 2023, so 42 years old. Hmm. And when we were kids, when I, okay, so back in 1981, something that was 42 years old came out in 1939, 1940. Mm -hmm. That's what I consider old, but because I was alive when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out, I don't, in my perception of it, I don't consider it old. Yeah, it's not. But I can see. But I can see. Yeah, it's not. It's It's just simply not not old, even though it's 40 years old in Harrison Ford. (laughs) Yeah, right. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is going to appeal to one audience, and that is us. Yeah. Instantly, because the movie was not written by the same people who wrote the original trilogy, because to me the fourth one just doesn't fucking exist. Okay. And it wasn't directed by Steven Spielberg. It's got a very different feel to it. And I'm sitting there at the beginning, and here's where... It goes into that that story about Dwight that you were talking about. Okay. The movie starts off with sheer action porn. Okay. Like there is a chase sequence that lasts for minutes that is just as redonkulous as the chase, the big chase scene in Fast 10. Okay. And I'm not kidding you. And I fell asleep. Oh. Oh. And in the... In Dial of Destiny, yeah. Wow. Because it was boring. Oh, no. It was like they can't come up with something more inventive than this or make it look like it's a little more realistic and all that. Hmm. So I was really worried for a while that Dial of Destiny was going to be another Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Damn. Until. Until. About halfway through the movie. So the plot of this of this movie is to find said dial, which may or may not be able to take you back in time. Okay. All right. So the thing is broken up into two pieces. Every the Nazis and Indiana Jones, along with his goddaughter Phoebe Waller Bridge, they're all trying to find 
these parts, put them together before the other one gets in, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. But Phoebe Waller-Bridge asks Harrison Ford, why do you want this? And in that scene, it changes for me from a very forgettable film to something that actually punched me in the heart. Oh, okay. And I'm not going to give away what it is because it, it describes what happens to another character. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Let's just say that it, it, it affects Indy very, very emotionally. Hmm. And, it's, and then I realized it's when the movie slowed down to actually talk about its characters that it got better. Oh, so it slowed and down I was, to tell the story. Yeah. Huh. Halfway Go figure. Huh. <laughs> and after that point, I was engaged. Now, the movie is two and a half hours long, so buckle in, people. I hope so you have a theater with comfy seats. In. Well, <laughs> no, because you're going to miss some plot points. But the first, I would say, 20 minutes or so, you literally go from a huge-ass train chase scene to a city chase scene, and it's just like, come on. You, it's like you're trying to compete with the Fast 10s of the world, and you really don't need to because it's fucking Indiana Jones. Yeah. But when you get to the meat of the the meat of the characters, it got good. Okay, good. But it got good because, and here's the nostalgia part, people. Ten-year-old Bill went to go see the first Raiders of the Lost Ark in a movie theater. I am 52. Mm-hmm. I was 10 when Raiders came out. I have been living with this character for for 42 years. So when certain things happen in this movie, it is nostalgic to me. Anybody younger is not going to give a shit. It is going to lose meaning. And I remember when I, when I talked about a friend of ours a long time ago named Colleen. Shout out to Colleen. Hi, Colleen. Hello. And she's the one who said that old movies were blurry Oh, yeah. Remember that? Uh And I started thinking, fuck. (laughs) Raiders is 42 years old. Star Wars in another four years is going to be 50. Uh These are old movies now. And I was fighting her tooth and nail on this. No, you got to check them out. They're not old. Blah, blah, blah. You need to see Tootsie because that's awesome. That's a fucking 40-year-old movie now also. Yeah. So I can't fight that anymore. No. But you have to have had some type of history with these characters to appreciate, and my point is, you have to have some type of appreciation for the saga of Indiana Jones to get a lot of the emotional oomph that happens. And sure enough, a lot of the people in the audience were either geeks, you know, nerd geeks, you know, comic book, Uh sci-fi people, or older people uh, uh, right around 50 and maybe a little bit older. I predicted that this movie isn't going to do better than 65 million at the box office, and I and I would think that's true. My theater was not full at 7:15 on a fucking Friday night. Hmm. That being said. It does feel like two movies, 
Okay. Like a forgettable action picture on one and then a walk down memory lane on the other hand. Okay. But for those of you who have who have ridden with Indy on his adventures and at least are fans of them, not just seen them, but can appreciate the heft of certain things. And I'm not going to spoil anything because this hits on Monday of opening weekend. Mm-hmm. It'll technically still be the 4th of July weekend when, yeah. this, when our podcast hits. It, unless you have, have ridden with this character for that many years... You're probably not going to... You'll say, yeah, that was a forgettable action picture. And it is. Okay. Except for the resolution of what I've grown up with. So should you see it? Not at full price. Okay. See it on your cheap $5 Tuesday. Although AMC, fuckers... Okay, so Cinemark has a $2... Has a $5 Tuesday. Mm Mm-hmm. AMC used to have a $5 Wednesday that they have now upped to $7. What? I know. Jerks. They're nickel and dime. Yeah, jerks. Gosh. Eat a, eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so would, should I recommend you see Dial of Destiny at a cheap show? Yeah, sure. Okay. So the matinee on but- Sunday is a good idea. Matinees definitely. Okay. Full price, no. Wait till it, it get, wait till it gets to Disney Plus. Okay. And that's another thing too, because it used to be owned by Paramount, uh-huh. and Paramount used to release them, but now it's Lucas. But Lucasfilm produced well. Lucasfilm oh. produced them. Paramount released them, mm-hmm. but now Lucasfilm is owned by Disney. So now it's a co venture, but it'll it'll end up on Disney Plus. Mm. For the most part, wait till Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. And one other thing that I will say. Well, this might give something away. All right. Spoiler alert. Although, do you want to hear? Okay, I'm I'm just going <laughs> to rewind this for a little bit. I you you want to see this movie? Yeah, but I I don't I care he- about spoilers. Because I uh, but I hesitate Silo, to tell you. I looked up. Like the whole book series and what happens in it—that's the side uh, of the a, a, the Apple right. Plus thing. Apple TV. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm like, what is going on here? And so now I know all of what's going to happen, and I'm like, okay, cool. Now I can watch this and not like all go right. crazy. I got to get back to that show, but anyway. Yeah, it, they have this. The finale is already. The season finale is already up. Oh, good. So then we can just stream the rest of yeah. it. Okay, thank you for that. Uh-huh. So. Spoiler alert, I'm going to give away one thing from this movie. It's relatively minor, but it but it made me prick up my my ears a little bit. The black woman character and Antonio Banderas's character die relatively quickly. Oh. In and especially Antonio Banderas's part, thankless. They could have gotten anybody to play oh, that role. Man. And the black woman, because the majority of this film takes place in 1969, okay. the black woman character actually makes a lot of sense because of the civil rights movement, and, and she, the character is kind of dressed kind of like a Foxy Brown kind uh-huh. of thing, and she's actually working for a government agency and all that stuff. 
But they kill off in this movie two characters of color. Of course they do. And I was nosing around different movie reviews, and I didn't see any mention of it except for why have Antonio Banderas do this if he's going to be on screen all of, like, three minutes. So that made me go, huh, well, that's not great. So I'm wondering if that'll rear its head at some point, especially since those two characters are on the movie poster. So they're using these two characters on the poster to sell it to different audiences, yet you're letting those audiences down by not carrying them through. And they interviewed that that actress along with Phoebe Waller-Bridge on my local news, and she was talking about how she based her character on Foxy Brown and all that. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Cool. I picked up on that. And uh, so I thought... so. Before you said this, I was thinking she's gonna have a bigger role, like a big, a bigger role like like uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Well. But to find out, no, not really. And I didn't even know Antonio Banderas was in this. I'm what? Yeah. Part of me wonders if he asked to be in it because it's Indiana Jones and he might be a fan. Well, and that's what that's what Laura be. was thinking. That's maybe. what Laura was thinking. She was like, well, maybe he just wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And so he took any part, yeah. you know. He's like, just he's still got paid. Good for him. I don't need a big role, just a little role. So I can meet Mr. Ford and say, hey. So when when you watch this movie, I would be very interested to hear what you think of it. And I and and folks out there who are probably tired of me taking things through a racial lens. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. And I and I do that just because I feel like you're then selling people a bill of goods. Well, yeah. If you're putting him on a poster, yeah. Make that character meaning worthy of that. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. But overall a good ending for the series. Okay. Way better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Way better. But to me, the last crusade should have been the last crusade. Back in 1989. So, and and the de-aging that they do in this fucking movie with Harrison Ford is off the chain. It's so good. Is it good? Because I read somewhere that that they did not like how they did that. It's way better than the de-aging they did for Mark Hamill in The Mandalorian. Okay. And it is certainly better than the digitization of Carrie Fisher in Rogue One. Okay. So there are other examples of far worse de-aging, digitization, whatever. Okay. But what gave it away was the fact that Harrison Ford still voiced this character, you know, his younger self. Uh And you can tell that his voice is 80 years old. They didn't go that extra step of creating an AI version of his voice Mm -hmm. to make him sound younger. Which they totally could have done. They totally could have done. They could have used all of his Indiana Jones. They could have used a myriad of voice of his voice from his very prolific career. Yeah, the other Indiana Jones movies even, you know. Fed that into a program and churned out at least a few lines of younger sounding Harrison Ford. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well. 
But anyway, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Cheap or free, fine. Okay. Don't pay full price for it. Okay. And that's sad to say, but mm. it's true. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bearing with me for my stories of being old and and all that other sort of stuff. But sure. <laughs> but it but it but it makes you realize that a nostalgia thing happens when you go see movies. Yeah. Like part of why I love Top Fucking Gun Maverick so much. That was a great movie. Way better than this shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you now. Um. So, it's all right, you young people. You'll understand one day when your shit gets called old. I'm just saying that. The bitter old man in me is saying that. Just you wait. Mm -hmm. Just you wait. Lady Gaga, that's such old music. Who's Lady Gaga? Yeah, just you wait for that <laughs> shit. Anyway. All right, I'm sensing news is coming up. Yeah. Um, doo -doo -doo news. Doo -doo 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 news. The Hollywood actors have extended contract talks temporarily averting a strike. They've uh, agreed with the major Hollywood studios today, Friday, June 30th, to keep negotiating through mid-July. So holding off the immediate threat of a second labor strike, because that writer's strike still happening, folks, if you didn't realize it. Yeah. Yep. So this new extension will expire midnight July 12th. So if they don't get it sorted out by July 12th, yeah. But here's what I'm wondering, though. What's the point of actors carrying on if new material is not being written? Uh, only Hollywood people know the answer yeah. to that. Okay. Uh, I don't All know. Right. All right. <laughs> Is that all the news you that have? That was the one thing I wanted to, to catch all up right. on. Yeah. All right. I got a couple of things. Okay. One, they did find the remains of Julian Sands. Right. Which is really sad. That is sad. But at least... Because I love that, that movie. Resolution. Remember the movie from the 80s, Warlock? I had it on a, I loved I had it on a VHS tape. And yeah, I don't know where man. I got it. It was a free VHS somebody gave to me. Maybe it was you. I don't know where I got it from. Did I give you Warlock? Maybe somebody gave me a copy of Warlock on VHS. I might have. I might have. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, they found the the remains of Julian Sands. So it'll be interesting to find out what happened to him yeah. when he was hiking in the mountains. Know. I hope they can figure it all out. Yeah. I hope they can too, because that's that's very sad. Uh, the James Gunn film Superman Legacy has cast David Sweat and Rachel Brosnahan okay. as Clark Kent and Lois Lane. And apparently this this David Sweat dude is six foot four. Damn. So I can't imagine him standing next to Rachel Brosnahan. <laughs> Who's what, five wow. two or something? I don't know. Yeah. I'm making that up. I have no idea how tall she is. I understand. Um but I was ha we were having conversations tonight before the movie and it's a shame because there are still DC projects coming out, like this whole Joker 2 movie with Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix mm -hmm. and and just how messed up the DC universe was. And this is the first attempt to start a new course. Okay. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how they do. Why not? 
the next thing is, and this is big. I want to have a conversation about this. Too. Okay. Uh, shout out to David again, by the way. Hey, oh, Dave. wait. Well, wait. Uh, David sent over the thing about Superman. You sent over this thing about Vanna White. Yeah, Vanna. In case you haven't known people, she has not gotten a raise since the mid-2000s. It, 2005. Yes, then, yeah. She made $3 million a year. While Pat Sajak made fifteen million dollars a year, mm-hmm. she d- was on set more often, and she did more promotional stuff than Pat has done over the past, however long it is. But because he gabbed more on air, he made five times her salary. Yeah, which is bullshit. Yeah, because I equate whoever. I equate the flipping of the letters just as much as I, like spinning the wheel is one part and then flipping the letters is the other part. More people, like Vanna draws in more people than Pat does. Like of a core demographic, more people are watching because of Vanna than they are because of Pat. And Mm -hmm. somebody had mentioned on Facebook when I shared that... um, Either it's up her agent isn't doing their job or she isn't asking for raises, maybe. Because I can't imagine Vanna going in and asking for more money and being denied for this long without something more coming out of it. Like more well, of it in the press than just now somebody writing an article. Well, and that's just it. So does somebody have something on her or... Did they just completely take advantage of her and threaten her and say, if you speak up, we're going to fire you and replace you? Because the other side of that is, yes, for an older woman in Hollywood, life is hard, and that's a reality. So was she threatened with being kicked off the show if she asked for more money? I, I don't know. We don't know. But three mil- that, that's a huge pay disparity. Yeah. Right. I mean, does she just not feel she needs more money? Does she think three million a year is fine? I mean, I don't right. know. I don't know her. Is Pat just a greedy fucker? Maybe. I think so, and I hate to speak that way about a Columbia <laughs> a fellow Co- Columbia yeah. College alum, but yes, Pat Sajak, I think you're a greedy fucker. Yeah, maybe Vanna's just like you know, she doesn't need hazard pay for working with Pat Sajak, but I think hey. She worked with Pat Sajak for this long. She deserves a raise. I mean, over 10 years, she made $30 million. He made $150 million. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to, sorry to mansplain simple math like that, but when you, when you multiply it out like that, yeah, that's yeah. egregious. It is. That's, that's, that's just stupid. So the question that I have for people, I, I have a couple of questions. One, do you think that's fucked up? Or do you think that her job, which was, you know, touching now, especially since she doesn't even flip the letters anymore, she touches them and they they light up. Do you think that's an appropriate salary? Or do you think that pay disparity is bullshit? They should have gotten paid equally because she was just as part of that show as he was, if not more so. I I don't think it's about the work and how much work they do on the show. 
for me personally, at this point in the the history of Wheel of Fortune, those mm. two are Wheel of Fortune. Yes. You don't think of Wheel of Fortune without Vanna or without Pat. And it's not even Vanna White, it's Vanna. Yeah. When somebody says the word Vanna, you know who you're talking about. Yeah, if about. you say Vanna, nope, there is nobody else named Vanna that you think of when you hear the name Vanna. Yep. And true. When you hear Wheel of Fortune, Vanna comes into mind and turn in those letters. So Yep. I th- so that alone, she is the face of Wheel of Fortune. That yes. alone she deserves more than than what she's been getting. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about how much time it takes for her to walk back and forth and touch boxes. That does no, that is irrelevant. No. I, In my head, that's irrelevant. How much she gets paid for that is irrelevant. Because really, how hard is it for Pat Sajak to do what he does? Not even. Exactly. He works less. He stands off to the side yeah. just saying, okay, spin the wheel, 300. There are five E's. There are five E's. Okay. There name are name that too. Five E's. Yeah. And that's, she's the one walking back and forth yeah, in heels. She's doing all the walking. But that that's my my whole wheel of fortune joke is there are four T's. Star Trek. All right, that's, next uh, generation. Yeah, I get it. I I get it. I I was there with you. Okay. I'm there with you. Nobody listening to this show is going to understand oh, that episode. Oh, they might. They might. It was actually one of the best episodes of of Next Generation. Captain Picard is captured, and he is tortured, (laughs) and they break him. By the Kardashians. By the by the by Kim Kardashians. (laughs) Oh, I love Star Trek jokes. Oh my God! It's it's actually a race called the Kardashians, and yes, the Kardashians. Yeah, Kim is there. Like, how many lights do you see? There are four. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to get sued for that. <laughs> yeah, Kim Kardashian, way way back when she was like two, made an appearance on Next Gen. Yeah, okay. The, the other joke is anytime there's a puzzle, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing, Pat? <laughs> yeah, true. And I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I just want to know what, what other people think. Yeah. And then the other the other question that I have is, what do you feel nostalgic about? That you feel defensive about? Mm-hmm. Like in our group of friends, shout out to Terry, Suzanne, Laura. They are all huge Bon Jovi fans. Huge. Even though, and rightly so, and they will all admit this, or at least I hope so, his voice is shot. Oh, is it now? Bon, bon Jovi is. He cannot hit those high notes oh, anymore. Man. And when I finally saw Bon Jovi in concert, he was actually holding out his microphone a lot so that the audience can sing a oh. lot so to take it mm. off of his voice, which I really didn't get. Because if I'm paying to see Bon Jovi, I want to hear him sing. But yeah. whatever. Yeah. But they are fiercely defensive of Bon Jovi. Mm. And, and would be. But what are you defensive of, nostalgically speaking? And has that ever been interrupted by young people saying, what is that? Ew. I want to hear about that shit. Because I'm going through that now, and I'm only fucking 52 years old. And I think it's because we're alive when 
those things happened originally. They just we just aged with them, so we they live in our memory in that certain part. But I want to hear what other people. So think about. like Disney talking about doing a remake of the Neverending Story. <sighs> yeah, defensive about that. Fuck. You leave my Falcor and Artax alone. Well, leave Lamar, uh, Lamal alone. I like that damn song, yeah. and you better not fucking change Don't it. Don't even take away my Lamal song, man. But I, but I, but I also don't dig. And again, no shade on the actors performing. You know the talent that's involved and the work that goes into it. I don't want to see a live-action remake of The Lion King. It was perfect the way that it was. All of these have been perfect the way they are. Why and Why even, do I need a live action of any of these animated classic now classic mov- movies? Right. I don't. Although I did I I could make a you could make a case for a live action version of Cinderella, which there was. Oh, there've been Cuz Cinderella was But that movie is as we have come to say in this episode, old. Mm -hmm. That movie is old. But they're talking about, and The Rock is going to be doing a live-action version of Moana. And Moana is is five years old. We don't need need that. No, we don't. I mean, they should do a live-action of Snow White before anything else at this point, really. Yeah. That's the one they've missed. Hello. At least, well, and... Yeah, but then, wait, you can't be too PC because you're going to have seven little people. You know, how do you do that? Maybe those conversations have happened. Maybe if you work have. for Disney, let us know. Yeah, we want the inside know. dirt. But I, I just get upset about that because you fall in love with something and it becomes sacrosanct. And then somebody pisses all over it just to make some more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let us know. Thank you for letting me bitch. Sure. <laughs> oh, anyway, you can answer those questions by logging on to thewatchlistpod.com and clicking that contact us button. And you can also engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice at symbol Bill Ivory Larson at symbol the watchlist pod. Answer us, damn it. Yeah. We on. like engaging with people. Jeez. This is our, I think, one of our funniest episodes. I think so. We're fucking hysterical. We are pleasant. (laughs) We're better than pleasant, man. That's right. So you grab a bottle of ginger ale and a saltine cracker and you just... (laughs) Laugh away with us. Cozy up to your phone and listen to it. Anyway. Well, I hope you get to see Indy 5 because I really want to talk to you about it. Sure, yeah. That's the plan for Sunday. Ah, man. Anyway, there are things that work better in your mind and should be left in the past, like Knight Rider and all that. But Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade are fucking great movies that hold up. They are. And they should have just stopped, but they didn't. And at least it ends on a less crappy note. Okay. But anyway, whatevs. Have well, everybody will have come back from their July Fourth weekend, or are just about to have their July Fourth. Yeah, July Fourth is tomorrow when this episode That's right. drops. Yeah, so have a happy July Fourth. Yes. Celebrate well. Safely. Yes. Safety first. Save, say, say. Huh. 
Safety first. Don't be, don't be stupid, stupid. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.